welcome to another episode of My Climate Diet, the podcast where I'm shedding the pounds of greenhouse gas emissions. I'm Lisa Pettibone, here with a friendly greeting about climate-friendly eating. This month, I'm focusing on perspective, turning the podcast from my climate diet to our climate diet. So far, I've answered questions from a listener about travel and green banking, and chatted with a former student about traveling with eco-sensibility. This week, I talk with another former student about food waste. I'm excited to share my chat with Emily. So yeah, so first, please, if you could introduce yourself, your full name, where you're from, and any other things you want us to know about you. All right. So uh, my name is Emily Stubitz. I am going to be a senior at Hood College in Frederick, Maryland next year. I'm studying economics and math. And yeah, I'm very passionate about helping the planet, not helping it, saving the planet, I guess, more like it, and just doing what I can. And I feel like it was something that I cared about, but I wasn't very informed about it for a long time. And I think coming to Berlin and especially taking the class, I learned a lot about it that I didn't know and like some things that I thought were helpful weren't. And yeah, just lots of really cool stuff. Great. How would you rate yourself in terms of climate awareness? Um, I don't know, maybe like a seven. I feel like I still have a lot to learn, maybe more aware than someone who wouldn't take like the time to learn about it. I feel like I put it in, but I feel like there's now that I know more about it, I know how much I don't know. Mm -hmm. So, but I feel like I'm generally aware. I think it just is maybe the level of awareness. I like it. I mean, it's yeah. kind of a trick question, yeah. right? But I, to me, what's interesting is the sense of how do, informed you feel you are. Because mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the first step, right? Mm-hmm. Is the sense of, I know enough to start. Maybe I don't know. I need to know more. Or I could mm-hmm. always be learning more. What are some things that you're doing that are particularly climate friendly? Um, I think one thing that I've kind of been aware of and I've been it's been a lot easier since I've been in Berlin is um, not eating meat or eating a lot less of it and milk and like dairy and stuff and in Berlin it's really great because there are like a lot of really good options and having to like cook for myself I don't really like know how to cook meat as much and do not have to like worry about buying it and um, I learned a lot of different ways to cook here and lots of like good restaurants I think it's gonna be interesting carrying that back home with me too Mm -hmm. um to figure out places and what I can eat. I know like my parents for Mother's Day went to this like meat place and like it's like a, I don't know. So that's gonna be interesting to do that. I think just like not buying things or like not picking up things, like starting to like refuse stuff before Mm -hmm. you even get to like the recycle and just being aware of like the amount of things that you have and like not producing packaging as much even though I feel like I still do it a lot I feel like I've been very conscious to cut down on that Mm -hmm. so I think that those are big ones that I've been like actively working on that's great what's your biggest climate sin hmm and again it's a hard question and very much a subjective question yeah I think recently probably traveling a lot and flying and i not like that's going to be a hard one to not do not fly because I think that I also value like going different places and like being in new environments so I feel like that will probably continue to be one of my biggest climate sins but I don't know I guess I don't always recycle well too sometimes sometimes 
it's like tough to sort everything out. Um, so that's probably one of my also bigger sins. Okay. Interesting. Sins. Interesting. I'm not sure I hear many people admit I'm a bad recycler. <laughs> Especially coming here too, like sorting everything out. Sometimes it's a lot easier to just like maybe take like the pla- like the obvious things mm. that can be recycled, like the boxes are like plastic. But then like getting into like the nitty gritty, or if I have a lot of trash, it's just. And it's also there's so little awareness and clarity on how to recycle things. Mm -hmm. I was there was a sustainability thing at the Flyout Universität a couple years ago where they did a game show on recycling (laughs) with the students, and they said, you know, here's a piece of refuse. Where does it go? Right? Super Mm -hmm. easy stuff, and they got it wrong, like thirty, forty percent of the time. I got some of this stuff wrong because Mm -hmm. you kind of, you know, and and it's different everywhere you go. That you know, a pizza box Mm -hmm. is that paper or is it trash because sometimes if it's too greasy mm-hmm. in certain systems they don't anyway okay that's neither here nor there <laughs> but yeah recycling is hard okay and so recycling is a bit of a tricky one and travel yeah it sounds like sorry you caught me monologuing i can't <laughs> help but i just this is my problem so you need a podcast <laughs> yeah that's why i need a podcast i just ramble so yeah so now that we've got your background we've got kind of what you're good at what you're kind of still working on I want to get to why I asked you to sit with me today. And that's, um, you wrote a paper for my class on food waste. And this is something I've kind of, it's like in the ether of my Mm -hmm. experience, but I've never really gotten, done the deep dive. And so I found it absolutely shocking, a lot of the information in your paper. Could you share some of the key findings? Like what's the big message, I guess? I think to throw a statistic in here, I think the biggest one, I knew that it was a problem and an issue, but that a third of the food that the world produces is wasted and doesn't make it to your wow. plate. And I think that that's an insane number. One but third. I'm going to just third. repeat that because that is, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's insane. <laughs> but yeah, I guess it's just, I mean, it's all throughout the food supply chain too. So from the start, um, it happens in the field if there is a bad crop. If, like, something happens to it, there's, like, maybe, like, an insect, like, infestation infested. But from there, um, I went to a talk at my school from someone, like, a food recovery program for produce. um, And they said that, at least in the U.S., um, like, if, let's say, Whole Foods wants apples for the day, they'll call um, maybe, like, a few different apple growers. And whoever gets there first with a truck full of food... um, they will take as their order, and the rest of the food just sometimes doesn't always make it okay. to it. So, um, like, grocery stores is a big place, and then obviously, like, on your plate, if you take too much food and then you throw it out, or food waste in the kitchen. So I think there are lots of different ways that it falls through the cracks. So what can we do, then, at different levels? Mm-hmm. I think on a personal level, probably being aware of what you're buying um, and how much you're buying and what you need trying to like cook with what you already have before it goes to waste. So whatever is going to go bad first, just use that up. I think buying like ugly produce, that sort Mm -hmm. of stuff that maybe doesn't look pretty, but is still definitely edible. And yeah, I don't, I'm probably not aware of like everything on like the bigger level on farms and stuff, but I think just going through like solutions for that of like more efficient farming practices and Mm-hmm. probably reform of the grocery stores and stuff like that yeah so since you've written this paper what have you done to address food waste um i think definitely being conscious of what i'm buying and like making sure that i'm using up all my food before i would go out and get like 
new things even if it's like different just kind of like being more creative with what I'm cooking um and making more like interesting dishes and I think um, can you give me an example an example because maybe like (laughs) just like combining ingredients like maybe like chickpeas but make it with like soy sauce and like sesame oil and like stuff that or like I don't know or like whatever random vegetables I have like chopping it up and Lots of like stir fries. Okay, nice. Nice things. Yeah. One thing I do is I call it a hakuna frittata, and it's whatever <laughs> vegetables I have with an egg. Oh, that sounds it's really like... good. <laughs> Don't worry, just creative. eat a frittata. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the the paper that you wrote it was also focused primarily on food waste in the U.S., although you had some statistics about food waste internationally. Mm-hmm. So when you go back home to the U.S. Is there anything that you plan to do differently or any way that you want to take this newfound sustainability knowledge with you? Yeah, I think that's one thing that I've been thinking about, how I can transition it, because I know that the U.S. system is going to be different compared to how it was here. I think definitely being more aware when I grocery shop and cooking more because I didn't cook a ton at home because either I would just do like whatever's in the fridge I think because like I lived with my parents at home or I lived in a dorm at school so we'd mm-hmm. be in the cafeteria and stuff so I think maybe bringing food waste stuff to campus as well like checking out what they do and seeing how that can be reduced so I think that there are a lot of um, initiatives going on there already so I think just being engaged with that sounds great well I yeah. would love for you to check back in if you find anything new um, mm-hmm. at your university if there are any food waste programs I'd love to hear about mm-hmm. that um, or anything yeah so in terms of climate diet or sustainability <laughs> yeah the talk that I went to that was about food waste was a company that food recovery program so they'll get like the shipments that would go to the grocery stores but they'll buy it off of them at a cheaper price and then um, you can order like a subscription like once a week they'll deliver like a box of assorted um, groceries to you for a reduced price to kind of tackle the food waste and also food insecurity for college students because it was founded I think in a college in DC so it's Mm -hmm. kind of expanded to where I go to school too as well so I think that that's a really cool program that does sound good what's next for you oh question too big (laughs) (laughs) um I don't not quite sure yet. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but, yeah, I think definitely, I don't know, going back home, I think I want to like work more like outside, try to like garden and stuff, grow my own food. I think it's really important to be like more in touch with where things are coming from. Um, and I think that's really cool too, because I think that wasn't something that I've been very aware of in general whether it's like produce and stuff um like how far things are shipped from so i think visiting like farmers markets more because that's something that i didn't do a ton and here they're everywhere and it's really fun to just go there like talk to the people who are growing stuff so yeah, yeah. it's fun <laughs> i love farmers markets great yeah. is there anything else you want to share with us get off your chest you can say no. That it, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. Feeling the pressure of the microphone right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry about that. No problem. Yeah, I think that's that's about it. That's it? Very good. And you're heading out tomorrow then? Yeah, tomorrow morning. Wow. And are you going back to the States? Tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm going to be there by in the afternoons. I'm going to wow. 
That's going to be major culture shock. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time on your Mm -hmm. last day here. Um, Yeah, crazy. (laughs) That is really crazy. Thanks again, Emily, for chatting with me. I was shocked by the statistics she shared about food waste. The fact that we waste one-third of the calories produced globally. And I've now doubled down on one really small strategy, admittedly, finishing off my son's plate when he's done with a meal. Parents of toddlers, I hope you know what I'm talking about. What's giving me hope this week? The Guardian is publishing a great series called The United States of Plastic, which, as the name implies, looks into plastic use in the United States. I've been reading a lot more about plastic lately, learning, for example, that Germany only actually recycles 11% of its plastic. I want to spend some time in the coming months on this issue, so stay tuned for more. But this week, what's giving me hope is an opinion piece in the Guardian series by Roland Geyer, a professor of industrial ecology. He says that the way out of the plastics crisis is to stop trying so hard. In other words, if we really care about reducing the amount of plastic produced and plastic pollution landing in our ecosystems and in our bodies, the solution is easy. Buy and use less plastic. This tracks very closely to sustainability in general, the idea of buying and using less. And it reminds me of a nice movement within sustainability toward idleness. Saving the planet doesn't mean adding more things to the to-do list. Instead, it means taking a few off and using our newfound free time to stop and smell the roses. It's giving me hope to see that I'm not the only person who thinks that. Next week, I wanted to share the audio of a talk that I gave at Children of Doom. Unfortunately, I haven't gotten access to it yet, so we're going to have to wait until September, unfortunately, to share that with you. As I've mentioned, I'm going on travel for a few weeks. I'm going with my family to my husband's childhood home. We're going to clean it out because his family is going to sell it by the end of the year. That means I'm going to be off for the next few weeks, but I'll be back in September and I'm really excited to share what I found. We were at this house over the Easter break and we had a really fun time going through things in a very mindful way, trying to figure out what has to go into the trash, what can be recycled or composted, and what can be sold or given away to other people to use. So we're taking a whole month to go through the house room by room and clean it out in a way that as little as possible ends up in the trash. I can also say that we've brought back quite a few things from our last trip including the pop filter that I'm using to record this podcast right now, which is made from old pantyhose from my husband's grandmother. So this is the kind of thing that I'm really excited, perhaps perversely, who knows, perhaps embarrassingly, to be doing over the next month. This is vacation, my climate diet style. And as I said, in September, I want to dedicate the month to this old house, giving tips on how to downsize and how to clean out a living space that you don't need anymore in a climate-friendly way. I hope you'll join me in September, and I want to wish you a happy rest of the summer. Thanks for listening. 
For links and more information about what I talked about this week, go to my website, myclimatediet.org. The music in this podcast is by David from Kvens. I'd love to hear from you too. So feel free to write me an email with your climate question or climate solution to lisa at myclimatediet.org. Rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts, share it with your friends, and consider starting a climate diet of your own. Because if we were all to go on a climate diet, it wouldn't be the end of the world. I told the